You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. tonight as the oracles of God and I speak with grace that only God supplies the word of God comes with clarity it comes with that clarity of thought of understanding of purpose and of expression the people shall receive of God Receive of the inspiration of the word, the edification of the word, the word that exalts and the word that rebukes and the word that corrects and the word that trains us in righteousness, we shall bear fruit because Jesus is exalted alongside the body of Christ in Jesus name. Amen. Wonderful. Take your seats. Take your seats. Take your seats and welcome the next person close to you. Tell them you're most welcome to church tonight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you must be one of those who makes the fellowship of the brethren your lifestyle. Praise God. Say, I must be. I must be. Say like you mean it. Say, I must be. I must be. One, of those One of those who makes the fellowship of the brethren, the of the brethren. My, lifestyle. my lifestyle. I will not be begged to come to church. I hastily come to church because I am addicted <laughs> to the fellowship of the brethren. Praise God. Some addictions are good. This is one of those. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we are continuing with the believer's spiritual warfare. And where are we? Part. Part eight. All right. And we have come very far. Um, because um, we are getting to understand how we war as believers in the body of Christ. And because of our mandate, the moment we become born again, praise God. Oh, praise God. And therefore, we start with the empowerment of the spirit in his reserves and his energy that runs through us. And we know that our power is not like battery that runs out and needs to be charged. Are you understanding me? Our power is always flowing. Praise God. We are the ones who must always make sure we are connected. 
In other words, we must always be alert. Praise God. You must always walk in that consciousness. And I'm going to actually open up something to us today. Apostle Paul then makes us know who exactly we are fighting. And we realize that we're fighting spirit. And the spirits work through men. Praise God. And I've said several times that you've never seen the devil fighting before. If you see every kind of evil, you see men do that evil. Is that very clear? But then there's the devil behind that evil work. Is that clear? All right. So our target is not the people. Our target is the devil. All right. Behind the works of evil. And so by default position, the moment we become believers, we are into this fight. But this fight has already been won for us. And so we fight from the place of victory. Like Paul said to the Ephesians church, Ephesian church, that we are above, far above, far above, far above, far above principalities and powers, dominions and thrones, all right? So, so all those that we are fighting with know that, number one, our power, our position is above them. Praise God. They can never fight with us to win, okay, unless we don't know who we are and we are not alert. We forget ourselves, but they would always lose because we are more than conquerors through Christ. Is that very clear? We are more than conquerors through who? Through Christ, through Christ. Apostle Paul then makes us understand clearly that um, there's the armor that we have to wear and we have to stand. We have to stand. We have to stand, okay? Okay, in that armor. And it tells us exactly what the, these armor, the features of this armor um, really um, are. And so we looked at uh, most of them last week. Um, Ephesians 6, 14 to 15, standing, therefore, having gathered your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having um, shod, of the, uh, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So we looked at the two. Okay, get, get, uh, how to get your waist uh, with truth, and also having the, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The word having is very important. Having, 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 all right? We see having three times. Having get it. Your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then we're going to look at having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So we understood clearly that the doctrine, okay, is very, very important, is the doctrine of Christ, right? And then we put on the righteousness of Christ. All of these are giving us when we get born again, but we must put them on. Say, I must put them on. Oh, say, I must put them on. Say like you mean, say, I must put them on. So what it is, is that you must always make sure that you have your armor on. Is that very clear? All right. Very, very important. See, it's very important. And it says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. The preparation of the gospel is represented in the protective shoes or sandals worn by Roman soldiers. So no one can fight and fight effectively uh, without their equipment on. You cannot fight with your normal sandals. You can't do that in war. You can only fight with the boots that comes with your armor. Praise God. Okay, is that very clear? All right, now the word preparation actually is the word readiness. Readiness. Actually, in the Greek, it's, Greek, it's like a prepared foundation. A prepared foundation. So what it means is that the gospel provides a footing or the footing for everything we do. All right? However powerful your, the rest of your body is, if you are wounded in your feet, you are an easy prey for the enemy. Is that very clear? All right? If you are wounded in your feet, if you are unstable in your feet, if your feet are wobbling and they are weak, you cannot do the battle well. True or false? Yes. So your shoes must be on. And this is one writer. He's called Josephus. If you don't know Josephus, it means you have never done church history. He's one of the guys who made an impact and wrote so many things and, I mean, knew a lot of things regarding the, the disciples. He, he wrote a lot, and he wrote facts that you will not see in the Bible, but they are confirmations in Scripture. Praise God. His name is Josephus. Now, he described the shoes as thickly studded with sharp nails so as to ensure a good grip. So you see that when you're wearing some of these shoes that are for acupuncture, how many of you know that? Yeah. And you, you wear them, you can feel some nails, like some nails under your feet. What it does is that it massages your feet. Okay? Yes. And makes sure that the blood is running and running well. For most of you who don't know, there are nerves under your feet that are so connected to your heart. And you must know that. Most of us don't know. Okay, so when some, some, sometimes when my body therapist, I tell him maybe I have um, a pain in my head, he would rather start massaging my feet. And by the time he will be done, the pain is gone. Because they are connecting nerves. All right. So what it is is that the shoes provides you a footing that would cause the rest of the body to be very comfortable, to be able to do the job that it's been called to do. Is that very clear? And that's why he talks about shorting. Okay, your feet with the preparation of the word, the gospel. Say the gospel. The gospel of peace. And, and he gives it an adjective. It's the gospel of what? Peace. Is that very clear? The gospel of what? Peace. All right. 
Now, Paul had in mind when he referred to having shod your feet, Isaiah 55 and 52 verse 7. How many of you know that? You should know the scripture by heart. How beautiful upon the mountains, upon the mountains, upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news. We are upon, we are seated with him. We are elevated. I've spoken about this on the mountain. Hmm? We realize that even the Garden of Eden was an elevated place. So when you get born again, you are in the elevated place. Is that very clear? Upon the mountain. Okay? And our feet are feet of him who bring the good news. And we proclaim what? Peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things? Who proclaims salvation? Who says to Zion, your God reigns. All right, so it's very key to have a good understanding that we are upon the mountains, okay? And what you wear on the mountain is very different from what you wear on the earth. True or false? <laughs> yeah, so when you're climbing the mountain, when you see the guy who climbs the mountain and he's on the mountain top, what they are wearing is very different. Our shoes are different. But the point is that we are in that elevated space and what we bring is glad tidings and good news. Now, get this very clear. The world is a troubled world. And there's one behind it that makes it very troubling. And there's so much evil in this space. And therefore, if we are fighting, we cannot bring the same. We bring the opposite. Is that very clear? So whilst the world is troubling, we bring the good news, and it's the good news of peace. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? All right. And what it is that we walk in it. See, I walk in it. This is very crucial. You must understand that you walk in the good news. And so you can tie this to what I'm teaching on Sundays, words and access. Okay, and get this, that is the lifestyle. So you see, wherever you are, you speak good news. And we are going to actually go into it proper. You speak the good news. Okay, you walk in it. Say, I walk in it. So you are always prepared, okay, to walk in it. That's why you wear the shoes. You are always prepared to walk in it. You are always prepared to walk in it. You never walk out of it. Say, I don't walk out of it. All right? So that's why the word also means readiness. You must always be ready. You must be mobile, flexible. You must be ready with the truth. Say, I'm ready with the truth. Oh, say, I'm ready with the truth. Okay. So we live in constant readiness. Constant readiness. And with the understanding that Christ is our peace. In a hostile, bitter world, the Christian has peace. And like I said, it is the opposite of what the world offers us. Jesus said so. 
John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you would have tribulations. Tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yes. In this world you would have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Say, I've overcome the world. Say, Jesus has overcome the world. And therefore, I have overcome the world. So, you must walk in that confidence. Say, I walk in the peace. Say, I walk in the peace. In the peace that the gospel brings. Say it. You see, you must always. So, it must be on your heart and your mind every time. That listen to me very carefully. The world surrounding you is troubled. But you can be known by your peace. Yeah. Yeah. When you wake up and you hear a bad news, know that you are already filled with good news. <laughs> And walk in it. Praise God. Is that very clear? Yes. Don't walk in bad news. Don't walk in bad news. Don't thrive on bad news. Like journalists do. Yes. Don't thrive. Say, I don't thrive on negative news. Some of us, we get happy. When we have to peddle negative news. Yeah. Or, you know, when we are anxious and we feel worried, we, we are happy. There's something to worry about. I should worry. Or I must worry. You know, someone was talking to me, and the little thing, I'm confused. I said, ah, why is it that every time you're confused? This little thing, I'm confused. Confused about what? Then it means there's confusion in your mind. Hmm. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, watch, will guard your hearts and minds through, 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 through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. So the in Christ reality is that we walk in peace. Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, watch, we have peace with God. Through, once again, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So our peace with God 
came by Christ. And by him, we have the right relationship with the Father. And so with this peace we have with God, we have a gospel to share with the world. <laughs> so you see, watch this. Our peace with God provides us with the peace of God. Our peace with God provides us with the peace of God. Yes. And this is what sustains and strengthens us when circumstances go against us. When everything is peaceful and you say you have peace. I'm sorry. Even the unbeliever has that one. <laughs> When you have peace in the midst of turmoil, then we know that your peace with God is showing forth the peace of God in you. Praise God. Is that very clear? Don't forget that it is one of the varied expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. In the midst of turbulence, peace. Look at Romans 10, 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written. How beautiful. Is he quoting Isaiah? At the feet of those who preach the gospel of what? Peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. See, I walk in peace. Therefore, I speak well. Look at Ephesians 2, 14. Ephesians 2, 14 says, For he himself is our peace. Who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of what? Separation. Say, he's our peace. Say, he's our peace. Say it like you mean it. Say, he is our peace. Jesus is my peace. So when Paul says, put on the armor, he says, put on Jesus, who is your peace as well. Put, he, <laughs> put on Jesus, who is your righteousness. Put on Jesus, who is also your peace. Is that very clear? Can you see that in all, we are putting on Christ? Is that very clear? Can you see that? It all ends in we putting on who? Christ or Jesus. That's fine. 
So I must put on Christ my peace. Say, I must put on Christ my peace. Say, my peace. Okay, say, our peace. All right. Now, <clears throat> you should observe something. Ephesians 6, 14, 15. What we just explained. Stand therefore, having gathered your waist with what? Truth. Everybody, having what? Having gathered your waist with? Having put on the breastplate of? Having shod your feet with what? Of the gospel of? So it is something you wear. Can you see that? Can you see that? It's something you must wear always. What is he referencing? He says, stand therefore. Stand. Which always talks, I told you, talks about position. Is that very clear? So you stand in. Stand. It is referencing your consciousness, your conscience. So putting on the armor, having, having put on, he's talking about your consciousness. You must always wear the conscience of Christ. You must be conscious <laughs> of Christ, the truth. Christ, your righteousness. Christ, your peace. Consciousness. So now, for those of us who have really studied um, the believer's conscience, you should actually be, begin to take much from here. Is that very clear? If you have truly studied it. And that's why we always tell you that this is like a course. If you are not able to understand one, it will be, it will be very difficult to understand the other. So, because there are layers of truth. Are you getting the point? And we're moving from one level to another. So if you have not studied the believer's conscience, well, go and study it. Now, we're going to see how the word conscience is used. And you'd understand that it is so fitting in putting on what? The armor. Is that very clear? Okay. Look at Acts 23 verse 1. I'm going to go through them. Paul looked straight at the Sahindran and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to what? To this day. Eh? Eh? What is Paul saying? What has Paul been doing? Eh? No, what has he been doing? 
He's been fighting. He's been defending the gospel all this while. Can you see that? Even when he was not born again, he still taught. He was def- and he was persecuted. He was fighting. And he said that was his consciousness. Are you getting it? Go to Acts 24, 16. Go. This being so, I myself always strive to have what? A conscience without what? Offense toward God and man. Can you see it? Can you see it once again? So, can you see that every time the word is used, it has so much to do with the defense of the word. No offense toward God and toward what? Let's go to Romans 2.15. For their life showed that the conduct of the Torah Dictates is written. The corner that the Torah dictates, sorry, is written in their hearts. Their consciences also bear witness to this. For their conflicting thoughts sometimes accuse them and sometimes defend them. Listen. Your defense is in your consciousness. Hey, that's where the battle is first won. Romans nine one, with Christ as my witness, I speak. Say, I speak. I speak. With utter truthfulness, my conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. (laughs) So you can see that whatever Paul is doing regarding the gospel, he first has a check with what? With his conscience. Give me the next. First Corinthians 8.12 But when you thus sin against the brethren hey, Are you hearing here? And wound their what? You wound their weak what? You sin against Christ. So losing the battle here. Is that clear? Oh, is that not it? So where are they wounded? In their conscience. So the believer is first wounded where? Or when they are winning, they first win in their conscience.
First Timothy 1.5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love. From a pure heart. From a good conscience. And from sincere faith. So it must be pure because it is from a pure word. Conscience. Let's go to First Timothy 1, 18 and 19. This charge I commit to you. Son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you do what? You do what? You wage what? The good warfare. Can you see that? No, can you see that? How do you do that? Having Faith and what? So he has to put on to fight. He has to put on the good conscience to fight. Faith and good conscience. Faith and good conscience. Faith and good conscience. Which some, do you see that? Having rejected concerning the faith, have what? So how does a believer shipwreck? When they lose their conscience. The good conscience. is the putting on Christ. When he says, the Holy Ghost bears me witness, that's the inspiration of the Christ, the pneuma, the breath. You will go, we'll see it. <laughs> so that is what actually makes a believer live the victorious life. That's why most of us who grew up, you know, during this charismatic era are very weak in our conscience. Because today you are saved, tomorrow you are not saved. And you come to the altar about how many times? So every time you feel condemned, you feel guilty, you feel weak, because they always take, put off your armor. And then you put it on when a powerful preacher comes and you know, preaches and then, you know, and then restores you in dedication for one hour. Then the moment you leave, you put it what? Oh. Are you hearing me? Yeah. 
concerning the faith. Having rejected. Having rejected. Having rejected. You cannot do good warfare without a good conscience. Never. Warfare in the faith. No. Are you here with me? 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 2. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Watch. How is that going to happen? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The truth. The armor of the truth, right? Which are the doctrines of Christ, eh? So they give heed, huh? Okay, how did they give heed? Watch. Speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy. Because their conscience, uh uh-huh, is what? Seared with hot iron. So they decide to kill their conscience. They put off. The armor. You know your conscience is your spirit. You know that. Eh? You know that. Oh, you know that. It's your spirit. It's your place of intimacy, fellowship. With God. Hey, the unity and the union of the spirit is in your spirit. Say it, it's in my spirit. Titus 1, 15, 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Let's all read, go. But even their mind and what? Conscience are defiled. So your purity is first in your word. When you have the conscience of Christ, you cannot be condemned. You are pure. That is what affects your thinking. That's what will make you think right. My brother, you can't sleep. You now think like Christ. Yes. You think like Christ. Because of that, they profess they know God, but in what? In works. Can you see that? They deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified. In for, for, for what? We cannot wage war. 
they cannot be irrelevant for the kingdom. Hebrews 9, 13, 14. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes, heifer, sprinkling and unclean and sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without what? Spot to God. Mm-hmm. That's what. So where are the dead works cleansed from? Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in what? In full what? Assurance of faith. How can you have a true heart with full assurance of faith? Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. With the word, praise God. Hey, are you here with me at all? First Peter 3, 15, 16. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Peter, now Peter. And always be ready to give what? Give what? A what? A defense. Are we waging war? To everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, go having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. You can never defend the gospel without having the conscience of Christ, without putting on the full word, armor in your conscience. It's in your conscience. It's all in your conscience. We're going to read the whole of 1 Timothy 3. It's very important for, for me. The whole of 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 14. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Hello? Right now we know that in our conduct, in everything we do, we are waging war. Is that clear? So when you are doing good work, you are waging war. You are winning the battle against the devil. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Yes. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. So can you see that it comes by desire? So you see that you have already been called. You are the one who now desires the work of an overseer. Is that what he said? When he says this is a faithful saying, it means that this is something that cannot be altered. It stands sure. 
If a man desires the position of a bishop, it's a desire. He desires a good work. So, you are a potential pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist. What you are short of, why you are still not there yet, is because your desire is low. Or if you are desiring, fine, very soon you'll be there. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the overseer is in reference to overseeing souls. So, as a matter of fact, if you are in a place where you are discipling, you started overseeing. Is that very clear? So, it is just desire. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Okay, yes. Minister Becky, did you hear that? So, you see that it's not that you are called. Eh? Do you see that? You have been called already. So, now you have to do what? Eh? You have to do what? Desire. Huh. So, when you say, oh, Pastor, what you check No, no. It's, it's wrong theology. You have already been called. Is that very clear? Yes. You must de desire. So if you don't desire, you are shortchanging. And I'll bring you to the place. It means that you have a problem in your conscience. This is a faithful saying. That's what he said. It's a faithful saying. If a man desires. All right. Okay, then he says, a bishop, an overseer, must be blameless, a husband with one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, giving to wine. So now, what he means is that to show all of this conduct you must desire. So what it means is that all of us have what it takes to do these things. Are you getting it? We must just what? Desire. Neokoti, <laughs> do you understand it? You understand it? Yeah. So it's not for special people. We must all what? Desire. Sydney, wake up. Did you see that? So all of these are conducts we can desire to what? Why? Because the seed of these good works are already what? <laughs> Is that very clear? Yeah. 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 
Okay. So what is one of the rule, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, is this saying the same thing he said in Ephesians? Before we came to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 5 tells us what should happen in the home. How to wage the warfare at home. Minister, you get it? Yeah. You get it? Yeah. So, so, so do, you, do you understand it? It's clear. So you see how you are trained to minister to the Lord so you can minister as unto the Lord. <laughs> so here, what it means is that when you are able to do that and master it, then you'll be used to teach others to minister also to what? Unto the Lord. Are you getting the point? I hope I'm communicating very well. All right, thank you. Okay, let's go. Not a novice. Do you see that? that? Not what? Like I said, so you don't put a gun in the hand of what? A novice, an amateur, they'll fire by heart. Yeah. We've seen it several, yeah? Where young children kill, yes. Yeah. You know, I heard a story where this young boy killed the, the girlfriend with the dad's gun. Yeah. The dad foolishly put his gun somewhere the young boy can easily go and pay. So they had a fight. Like joke like joke, pam. Kill the lady. So, so not a novice. So what it means is you are trained. Is that very clear? Lesbian what? Puffed up with pride. Watch this. He fall into the same what? Condemnation as what? Can you see it? Losing the war. Hey, losing the battle. Is that very clear? Yeah. So they must be what? Trained. So, <laughs> moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he falls into reproach and the snare of the so you can see that it, it's all about the warfare. Is that very clear? All right. Then when you come to deacons, likewise deacons must be reverend, say the same thing, you know, not giving too much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery. Watch. Holding the mystery of the faith with what? So you know, deacons are more like ministers in training. That's it. They're servants. Yes, that's it. 
so the major <laughs> is that they must hold the mystery of the faith with a I like the term. Please, what the term? Go. But let these also be what? First tested. So before you put them in the war front, The testing there is like training. Put them before Warfront and be with them and see how they are going to behave. See how they are going to perform. See what they are going to do. Teach them like Jesus did with the disciples. Like the apostles did with the disciples. Like Elijah did with Elisha. Are you getting the point? That's how you do it. And in all the engagements, what you are checking is that they are holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. What is, that does it mean? There are people who are always alert and are wearing the full word. When they, whatever they are doing, they are making sure they are putting on the armor. Lest they'll be puffed up. They'll become a snare. For the enemy. Nikki, do you understand it? What's your name again? Yes. Abigail. You understand it? Good. You understand it? All right. I hope everybody has understood it very well. So we can see that when Apostle Paul was saying that we should put on the full armor, he was speaking to us wearing the conscience of Christ. That's what you call pure conscience. <laughs> That's what you call pure conscience. your conscience. That's the armor. Okay? Done. Look at the 13 to 16. First Timothy 3. 
for those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. These things are right to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without <laughs> controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Watch. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Jesus, this is how Jesus won the battle. We follow, see, clear. We follow, see. We follow saying. So now let's go to Ephesians 6, 16. And you're going to see something different. So you can see that everything that Apostle Paul wrote, it was very deliberate. It was intentional. He knew exactly what he was saying. Okay. So read with me. Above all, having. Oh, did he say having? So now, taking. <laughs> now, you take. You are wearing the consciousness. And from there you fetch. Is that very clear? The weapon. Is that very clear? Now you take. Now you take. Taking. The shield of faith. So, we Yes, our consciousness. But that's why I said, above all, we put the weapon to use. You don't wear an armor and just stand. Is that very clear? You have defended your body very well. Ah, is that very clear? So the consciousness is set. Now take the weapon. It says the shield of what? Now, this shield of faith, Paul is not talking about what you see these days where you see around Shield 
it's not too big. You know, but you see the soldier holding it, and then it takes a few, you know. I was referring to the long, oblong shape, shield, that goes to the ground. It covers the whole body of the, of the, of the, of the soldier. Is that very clear? You see that one? Yeah. When the soldier is standing, he also stands with them. So, when you throw, they have to take <laughs> where it is coming from, they take to do what? To shield. Is that very clear? Alright. So, the fiery darts, he's shown us where it's coming from. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Is that very clear? So he says, the enemy, the wicked one. So here, the devil, who has agents. So as they throw the fiery, the word fiery is fiery. That's what it is. Fiery. Fiery darts. So what it means is that it is coming to destroy. It is not meant for your relaxation. <laughs> it's not meant for your enjoyment. It's coming with fire. So that's the difference between the fire of the Lord. Hmm? I think I made a distinction on Sunday, right? The fire of the Lord and the fire of the devil. The fire of the devil comes to consume you. The fire of the Lord comes to purify you. It consumes flesh. Is that very clear? And anything that is not good for you, is that clear? The fiery darts of the enemy. Okay. All right. So you take, say, I take. Say, say I take. So I am standing on the foundation hmm, of Christ, what? Truth. His righteousness. What else? His peace. And I take my shield. Faith. Say faith. Oh, say faith. So, you see how he says the fiery darts. So you wonder how sometimes, like Paul would say, we are troubled on what? Every side. And you ask yourself, ah, what? What happened? They are called the fiery darts. But 
you have your shield of faith. You have to now put it in position. Put it in place. Take it. Praise God. Is that very clear? Yeah. Yeah. So the missiles are caught by the shield. So faith here is represented as what? As what? Hey, shield! So take your faith in his doctrine. His dead, burial, resurrection, huh? Okay, his finished work. And his ongoing work, huh? His righteousness. And his peace. The gospel of peace. And put it. Are you getting it? Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus. Can you see it? Can you see how consistent this, the Bible is? Looking unto who? The author and of our who for the joy hmm, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne. So you see, he's telling you to fix your eyes on who? Jesus. Say, take your shield. Take your shield. So say, my faith is the shield. My faith in the doctrine of Christ. My faith in his righteousness. My faith in the gospel of peace. Is my shield. Say like you mean it. Say, is my shield. Against every attack of the enemy. Luke 22, 31. You remember? What happened? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed. Satan has asked for you. So he threw the fiery darts. Huh? <laughs> to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Watch this. Watch this. That your faith should not fail. That your faith should not what? Fail. That your faith should not what? Fail. That your faith should not what? Fail. So Peter left his position for a while. He did not take it. 
And then he came to Angel. When he was rebuked, huh? He came to himself and then took his shield once again. Is that very clear? He was the one that said, you are the son of the living God. Matthew 16. Hmm? Yes. The gates of hell shall not walk. Son of the living God. You are the son. You are the son of the living God. And Peter, you, you are the rock. And what you said is the truth. Yeah. He forgot himself. Is that very clear? So Jesus said, and what Jesus said is paramount. Watch this. And when you have returned to me, did you see that? Did you see that? You see what Paul was telling Timothy? Is what Jesus also told what? Peter. Second Corinthians 4, 8. Apostle Paul will say, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hey, praise God. They are called fiery darts. Listen, if you understand these things, when you see believers going through stuff, you know laugh. It's because we don't have understanding. And you're going to see what the prayer Paul is going to pray. He's calling all of us to cover one another in the battle because we are in the battle together. So when you see your brother rather going through, instead of coming to hell, you are laughing. You laugh. I expect, listen, if you are in this church, I expect when you see a church going through turbulence, I expect you to straight away go on your knees and start praying. Did you hear what I just said? When you see a brother going through stuff, go on your knees and start what? Don't join the bandwagon and start laughing around and teasing around and, and judging them unnecessarily. Don't do that. It's not in your place. Let's stand with one another. Let's fight. Because we have one common enemy. He's the wicked one. His description was given the wicked one. He doesn't come from anybody's good. So when he's attacking a brother, know that he, he can't be in his good books. Are you here with me? So some of us think that we are in the devil's good books. 
or we are free from attacks. that's why sometimes we judge ourselves, we judge others. Because we think that that's for us. We're cool. We're not cool, though. Yes. Judge others. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Say, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet what? The inward man is being what? Renewed what? Where is the, what is the inward man? Conscience. Ha! Glory to God. For our light affliction. He used the words carefully. Light affliction. Which is but for a moment. Is working for us. Did you see that? So the warfare is not, listen to me, for your bad. It's for your training. Is working for you. <laughs> Say, it's working for me. So, the devil, that is his work. But God uses it. Do you understand the point? To make us into the best peace. Glory to God. <laughs> Working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight. Light weight. Hmm? Moment eternal. Are you getting the, pro, uh, the, 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 the vibe? Light affliction. Weight of glory. Huh? Light affliction what? So that's what is working for us. Light affliction is working, working for us what? Weight of glory. Huh? What is but for a moment is working for us something that is what? Eternal. So he will go on to say, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So don't engage yourself by what he is doing, the devil is doing. Engage yourself with the weight of glory that you are hoping to see. You are going to see it very soon. Hey, is that very clear? <laughs> But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. So we fix our gaze on that, right? Is that correct? 
Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with who? With Christ. And it is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. The faithfulness. Mm -hmm. The faithfulness in the Son of God. That's the word there. The faithfulness in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It is his faithfulness. Is that very clear? So we put on the full armor. Is that very clear? And then now we wait the war in his faithfulness. We take on the shield of faith. I get in the point. Via his faithfulness. Praise God. Is that very clear? All right. Okay. Yeah. Look at the next. And once again, take. Can you see? Once again, you take what? The helmet of. Hello. Once again, you take. Say, I take. I take the helmet of salvation. It's a cup studded with metal for extra strength. And here, salvation is pictured or represented as a kind of what? Helmet. Is that very clear? So, when the soldier is going to battle, he will take his helmet and put it on. Is that very clear? So, he will never put it on when he's not ready for battle. But the moment he's ready for battle, you see that he will what? Put it on. So, he'd have to take. Glory to God. He would take the helmet of salvation. Okay? Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Let's all read. Go. Everybody, lift up your head. Everybody, go. But let us who are of the day. Okay? You know the people of the day. He divided, so he's speaking Genesis here. You know that. Day and night. Clear. Light and darkness. Good. Mm -hmm. Go. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, what? So the salvation that is used as the helmet is the hope that does not make a shame. We take it. Kafui, do you understand it? Okay. Maybe a lampte. You understand it? So you see how 
Hebrews 11 tells us that they were looking. Eh? They were not looking for a city whose foundation is of this earth. But a city eh? is the hope, is the helmet. That's what they take when they are fighting. Is that very clear? So when their thoughts, their feelings, the actions and reactions of people, hmm? the turbulence of life and all the things are fighting, they put on what? The helmet. Do you know why one of Satan's most dangerous weapon against the believer is discouragement? Write this down. Discouragement. <laughs> it is one of the most, listen, unassuming and unnoticed weapons. Very, very unassuming. And unnoticed. It is just like its master. It always creeps in unnoticed. Discouragement. <laughs> Discouragement. Discouragement. Onyisubano. Onyisubano. Discouragement. Ebesubano. Tell, tell me. Lift up your hands. If you have not seen the effective weapon of discouragement. When was the last time you saw it? Hmm? When was the last time he met you? You encountered him when? <laughs> when was the last time? <laughs> it's, it's where? And, and it's like all of a sudden... This whole faith thing is too tedious. Ah, is that not it? And you feel like, ah, what? It's coming. It's coming. It's, but it, it's, it comes in as if it's normal. Is that not it? Yeah, I say it's normal. Oh, it's normal. I can tell you, most of the people who are not healed, discouraged. They may have decided, oh, we're going to come. Then, just discouragement. Oh. Tired. Oh. When you see yourself giving a lot of excuses, 
is discouragement that has come in. He's not now knocking because discouragement when he's come, he doesn't knock. He just enters. And by the time he realizes, he's calling his friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Discouragement. Yes. But when you are properly equipped with the helmet of salvation, he doesn't find root. Paul said, light affliction, but for a moment, eternal weight of glory. So when you see what the light affliction is working for you, you can't be discouraged. It can knock, it can come in, but you easily suck him. You easily eject him. You don't allow him to be the landlord. Because you know what you are getting is far more. You put on the helmet. You take, sorry, the helmet. Say, I take. I take the helmet. And I put it on. Do you know who comes to mind? Simeon in the temple. <laughs> Simeon in the temple. Luke 2.30. For my eyes have what? Seen your salvation. And together with the lady, the prophetess, who was fasting night and day, Huh? In the hope to see the Christ. The husband died after seven years of marriage. And she spent her whole life in hope of the Messiah. She could not be discouraged. She could not be discouraged. John Moby, do you understand that? She could not be discouraged. Yeah. She could not. Nothing. Because whatever she was going through was working for her. A far more. You see, and that's what, don't take those words for granted. Far above. Far more. He is actually using comparative language. You have far more, and you are far above. I said you have far more, and you have far you are far above. Praise God. Romans eight twenty four. For we were saved in this hope. But the hope that is seen is not hope. 
For why does one still hope in what he sees? Oh, the moment we see it, there's no hope. <laughs> we are waiting. We are patiently waiting. Because we have far more and we are far above. Praise God. There's nothing insecure about this helmet. It is firm. It is solid in Christ. When Satan attacks your consciousness and attacks your mind, your helmet is on. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 11. That's what Paul would tell them. He said, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from a simplicity that is in Christ. Your minds will not be corrupted. Your helmet is on. Your hope of salvation is on. Your day of redemption is so glare before you. You shall be redeemed in full, in ultimate. Praise God. Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 7. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down strongholds, uh, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, in obedience to Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled. We do not look at things according to the outward appearance. If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ's. We have this hope. I have this hope as an anchor for my soul. This promise sure I will not let go. Is that not it? Yeah. Is that not it? Yeah. We'll continue. We'll finish. Glorious grace Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Rev. Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Carry Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Carry Center International Living heaven on earth